Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. Welcome to the Kachat, the only podcast brave enough to ask the question, hey, what's up with cars? I'm John Bishop. And I'm Lucas Southworth. And John, we're back for another week of Cars casting. Isn't it exciting? Absolutely. But I got a question for you. I'm ready. What happened to Cars, man? You know, they used to be good, and now they're bad. Well, or all the they same, used to be I bad. Know- but That's now true. they're the same yeah that and i think those things are probably related to each other if i'd have to guess mm-hmm. standardization is so important mm-hmm. uh it's like the uh three-point seat belt someone was like i'm gonna invent a safety device that's actually gonna help people and save lives and then they did it and they were like you know i could make a lot of money off of this or I could save lives. And one of the very, very few times this ever happened in the world, they chose to save lives and not to make money. I didn't know that story. I've heard similar ones about like uh, patents for certain medicines, etc. But that's that's a cool one with the three point seatbelt. I never heard that. Mm-hmm. I wish I could tell you which company it was off the top of my head, but I can't because, you know. Yeah, well. You live and you learn, Mm -hmm. Uh, except for on the Kachat, because we don't have this fact to teach you. Uh, (laughs) It's going to bother me. Talk some more. I'll Google it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, as we mentioned with the seatbelt and as we're going to mention with a lot of other things, let's just point out the fact that uh, when something is good design or an improvement, one thing you could do is you could replicate it and, you know, make your design better. Another thing you could do is ignore that and keep going your own way. And the thing is, if you have the option of buying something that's the same as the thing that you had or better, you tend to choose better. And that's what happens with cars. Seems that way. Mm -hmm. Uh... I have two things to report on. One, yes. it was Volvo who first Volvo. invented the three-point seatbelt. Good for Volvo. Nice. Two, do I hear Rory in the background saying "dada" over and over again? Yes. Or what? Okay. <laughs> They're staring at me through the uh, stair rails. Well, I'm glad you have your priorities straight and are ignoring your son to continue cars casting. <laughs> He uh, just came back inside, and sure. now he's staring at me, and he's confused why I'm at the colorful thing. 
I imagine you're at the colorful thing. Like, not super often, but, you know, often. This colorful thing, very rarely. Especially in front of him. Sure. Well, anyway, uh, what John said, this one's about uh, evolution. But Mm -hmm. cars. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But cars. Convergent evolution. Uh, Convergent revolutions per minute. Uh, yep. Got there. We got those high evolutions per minute. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, this this one we're talking about how cars got to be like they are today. Mm-hmm. Because and if do... you want, if you yeah. want to see what we're talking about, yeah, look at the VW Bug. Thank you. I love to look at them. They're they're funny looking cars. Yeah, you look at that. You look at the older ones, and boy howdy, those are just straight up semicircles. And now you look at them and they're like a little bit flattened, a little bit more smoothed out. Like everything about them has been just kind of a little bit toned down when it comes to the whimsy and form factor. And the reason for that is because uh, a semicircle, especially the kind that the VW was, is not aerodynamic. It's also just like there is a certain... uh the word that's coming to mind is whimsy to that and mm-hmm. a, a certain appeal to breaking the norm, but it's not always that way. Like I remember that car. That's just a cube. When it came out, I can't remember what it's called. It's the cube, the cube. Thank you, John. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, every time I saw that car with, no matter who I was with, the person would say, I hate those cars. <laughs> They say that's the ugliest looking car I've ever seen. And I would say, yeah, it's a pretty ugly car. Uh, so there's there's a certain point to be made with that, too, uh, and how humans are used to uh, the same thing, you know, and don't like going out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But a cute car out. is a bad idea. <laughs> Either way, whether it comes to conformity or not, but that's the larger point. Here's... Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Think of the Prius. I would love to. People hate the Prius. Some do. But that's just because it's a Prius. At this point, the hate is a meme of, oh, you hate it because it's a Prius. Half the people don't realize that a lot of people's reasons for hating the Prius is because, like, oh, it's better for the environment. Which is a terrible reason to hate a car. I would agree with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too quiet. Uh, it's not powerful enough. Okay, but also, like, you're saving the world, and it's actually plenty powerful, and also, quiet can be a good thing as long as you're careful. It can be dangerous. Uh, a family member of mine has, in fact, hit someone due to the fact that their car was too quiet. I mean, that is that is a bit damning, but mm-hmm. like you're you're riding a skateboard or your bike or something and you don't hear any vehicle because it's super quiet. So you're not looking out for anything. And then all of a sudden someone is backing up because they're going to do that. And you're going a little bit too fast to stop and you get hit. Also, you're fine. So it's all good. And no one needs to worry about this story. Nobody needs to worry about it. It's fine. 
he still has not made it up the stairs. Is that because there is a gate preventing him from doing so? No, it is because uh, he didn't want to go up the stairs. He has gone back down the stairs. Gotcha. Well, and is now looking outside wistfully. I can sure, I sure can relate to not wanting to go upstairs. And now he's being brought upstairs. And he's excited about that. No. Oh, no. He wants to go outside because he was looking outside whimsically, wistfully. Uh, more so, he doesn't like it when you, in any way, try to change what he is doing. Sure. Yeah, he is all about that uh, controlling his own destiny. Man, I find more and more I relate to your infant son. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, John, what is what is the thesis statement of today's episode? That cars... Uh, in the Carsverse, became Sammy because of evolution? Is that the general idea? They will, is they the will. general idea. Okay. Uh, as with people, as with creatures in general, there is just a concept, I don't think we've explained it very well, called convergent evolution. I'd argue and, we haven't explained it at all. <laughs> yeah, the concept of convergent evolution is... Uh, there are situations, there are traits, there are all these things that are like, oh, evolutionarily speaking, this is a desirable trait. And that's why certain things get that trait. So you'll notice that there is a creature called a snake. And there's another creature called like a glass snake or a glass worm. I don't remember the actual name for it. But essentially what it is, is it's a snake that isn't a snake. Like, evolutionarily speaking, it's not a snake, but it is one. And that's because it's a lizard that adapted to its environment and evolved a bit. And the the snake and the lizard, different branches, except now snakes are snakes. And this glass snake is basically also a snake, but it used to be a lizard. And it's because the environment that it was in throughout its history said that these traits, able to slither, not have legs for some reason, were desirable. And you can see that with plenty of species, where they'll side by side just kind of develop to a point where they become similar and more more and more similar. Like, uh, it's weird how evolution just goes in certain directions. Like, did you know that mushrooms are more closely related to humans than plants i have heard that yeah which is wild they sure look like plant to me mm-hmm. it's weird uh but yeah that's it's just certain traits are considered desirable from an evolutionary standpoint and when it comes to uh engineering that's far more observable far more specific of when we figure out scientifically what is better we adapt and make products more like that. You'll see things become more aerodynamic. You'll see them become more fuel efficient. You'll see all these things that lead to designs becoming more and more of the same. Look at phones. Mm-hmm. Phones used to be all these wild and crazy things. And now they're all just uh, different not even that different uh, sizes of rectangles. That's it. 
you just got, oh, I've got this flat rectangular thing and it's that. And then someone's like, no, what if we changed it and made it flippable again? And then everyone's like, oh, that's really cool and neat. And then no one buys it because yeah, and then it's not that great. You think about it for a second. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I don't need it to do that, actually. <laughs> I don't need it to do that. And also, like, if I flip and unflip it a thousand times, the screen breaks. Yeah. Or yeah. the hinge breaks or et cetera. Mm-hmm. Or the first time I ever open it up, I see the screen has this slight like divot or crease and I'm not okay with my screens not looking completely flat. No, that one, that would bother me quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I'll say one of the most famous examples of this in nature is the idea of carcinization. Have you heard this term, John? I've heard the term before. Uh, carcinization is an example of convergent evolution in which a crustacean evolves into a crab-like form mm-hmm. from a non-crab-like form. Uh, basically, Are you looking at an article that says we're all crabs? No, but I did open two separate articles, one titled Why Everything Eventually Becomes a Crab, and the other titled Animals Keep Evolving into Crabs and Scientists Don't Know Why. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's one of the, the more like well-known in the science community examples is crabs is a really good design for things, particularly mm-hmm. crustaceans. Uh, yeah. So everything becomes crabs. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll also say, if you are struggling with this concept and played the most recent Pokemon game, they introduced <laughs> it into Pokemon uh, with the introduction of Wiglet, uh, which is an a garden eel that looks like Diglett, but is an eel instead. And also told Toad's Cool, who is a mushroom who looks like Tentacool the jellyfish, but is a mushroom. Uh, which I think was a cool thing they introduced. They're a little hard to distinguish from regional variants, but mm-hmm. they're still neat. The the series that famously uh, got evolution wrong is now yeah. introducing actual con like concepts of evolution and slowly teaching the world about it. Yeah, it's pretty cool if you ask me, especially because like. If you they went actually, divergent, and now they're going convergent. Exactly. Like, if you take the time to think about the difference between regional variants and uh, uh, the convergent evolutions, it's that the convergent started in two separate places and ended up in the, in the same place, and the regional variant started in the same place and ended up in two different places. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of neat. Good for Pokemon. The game could have been better, but good the otherwise. <laughs> yep. I like Toad School. He's a funky little mushroom. Man, that name is just Toad School. And he is. And yeah, especially now that he's being played by Keegan-Michael Key. Oh, he was cool way before that, but also, yeah. Especially. He, yeah, especially. Always, but especially. Man, if number one fan faith still listens to this podcast, which I have doubts about, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> she, she'll be excited by that little bit of the podcast. Yeah. Boy, howdy. I still don't know if I want to take the dive into the new game. It's it's not as bad as people said it was, in my opinion. But, like, I don't really care about graphics. <laughs> uh, even I was a little like, this looks not good. <laughs> uh, and 
there was some uh, performance issues. You'd think they'd get one or the other, right? You know, mm-hmm. but no, it also runs bad. So like, yeah. I, I, I get it, <laughs> but I had fun. I got six little guys and they were my friends and that's what I want from every game, you know? Mm-hmm. Boy, howdy. I want, I want Pokemon, but not turn-based. I like the turn-based structure, but I understand where you're coming from. See, I'm not advocating that they get rid of the turn-based structure. I'm advocating that there be another game that's just not that. And the closest we've gotten is Arceus. I mean, they had that... uh pokemon but a fighting game uh pokin tournament i want to say yeah but you're a toy no no you weren't a toy in that you're 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 that that was like fully it was tekken but pokemon oh yes uh in that one it's just a fighting game though yeah that that that, that was what i was gonna come up with is yeah i want i want an rpg with real-time combat i think you're gonna keep waiting for that then john yeah, yeah, I for sure am. And there are things that are coming out that are like, hey, let's do that. And then one of them straight up just has guns for some reason. So that's crazy. Ah, like Persona 5. I just wanted to bring up Persona 5 because I've been playing it. It's really good. Everyone says I, it is and everyone is right. I need a new Switch. It's really good, man. I, well, I don't need a new Switch. I need, uh, I guess, new Joy-Cons. But also, might as well just get a new Switch. I mean, at this point... I am the biggest Nintendo guy in the world. You might as well just get a Steam Deck if you're going to get a full console. You I know? know, but it's seven hundred dollars. I know because I... you know I'm going to get the the priciest one for no reason. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at too, and I I can't advocate for you know spending that much money because I'm not going to do it. But if you're going to get a full new console, the Steam Deck's the way to do it, probably. Mm-hmm. Man. I want one so bad. I keep tearing myself apart because I want a new Switch or a new uh, Steam Deck or maybe I'll go crazy, get one of the other systems, but I'm not. Yeah. Uh, but maybe I'll just get me a Quest 2. <laughs> but with the Quest 2, as well as uh, the Switch, I'm just thinking I could just wait. because. Yeah. They have to have the next Switch out soon, right? Right? Well, it's been three years of us saying that. I was going to say, the world's been saying that for a while. Uh, and, I don't know, the chip shortage is getting better, I think. I mm-hmm. think. Uh, so maybe. But, I don't know, man. <laughs> I love Nintendo so much, but I never try to depend on them too much. Yeah. But that way, when they get when they're like, "Ah, oh, we're making Pikmin 4, I'm like, "Ah, oh, cool, great. I didn't expect you to, you know." Hey, we're uh, doing a remaster of Metroid. Oh, cool. When's that coming out? Oh, it did. What? I heard a story that that had been done for like two years, and they were like, "Ah, oh, let's just go ahead and do it," which is insane. That's not how any other video game company works. Yeah, but Nintendo can get away with it. They so can. They do. They can. It's just wild. Anyway, cars are all the same because evolution we're different but we're the same wow speaking of that john uh okay so think about this you see the new nissan kicks and then you see like 
five other cars that look just like it. <clears throat> Why is that? It's because they're exactly what you need out of a vehicle and nothing more, nothing less. Except mine, because I got the slightly older one that had all the bells and whistles. It's nice. It's got heated seats. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing. The thing is, here's the thing. Uh, you want something that's aerodynamic, has all these traits, but also there's a weird thing with style of you want it to have all these things, but you also want to throw in some futuristic looking angles and whatnot and like different color variations. The color variations, the different angular styles that are thrown on the sides because they can and whatnot. Some of those things are going to be safety features of, oh, this is a compression zone. Some of them are going to be, oh, this is the style of the time. And I think that is where you're going to see the most, okay, this is unique because of this reason, that reason, or the other. And I think that's going to be the future is cars are all going to, grow to have a similar shape you're going to have like three or four different types of vehicles two that are main okay, vehicles yeah. and you're going to have like okay so you have a truck or you could have a compact and that's it because what else are you going to get you could also get a coupe i guess if you don't have to worry about carrying around family or anything like that which understandable but it's going to be basically those two because, all right, this one's a working class vehicle and this one is an everyday vehicle. Uh, you're going to have an electric vehicle either way because we care about the environment and the world and we're not evil. But yes. then again, like there's also plenty of vehicles we could just convert, which would be the better thing to do. But that is, as you like to say, neither here nor there. And uh, we're going to get to a point where vehicles become more and more samey. And the only main difference we're going to see is stylistic choices. And unfortunately, we have some convergent evolution there of, you'll notice every few years, a batch of cars comes out and you've got like two or three color options. And then occasionally you'll see like, oh, that's a really nice, unique paint job. And that's because a person paid to specifically have a different paint job. Otherwise, car companies are getting more and more boring and safe when it comes to car color choice. Because any like vehicle within the past 10 years, uh, there's like a 80% chance you're going to get a white one, a black one, some sort of like really muted gray or tan or something, and red. You can also get some, this one's a little bit more rare and spicy, blue. I want a green car. Yeah. Except. I never see them. They're weirdly rare because yeah. <laughs> green is uh, like only every eighth person's favorite color. Yeah. And it's not one of the famously like, ah, they're easy to clean colors. Mm -hmm. You see green and then it gets a little bit of dirt on it and it looks filthy because, oh, look, it's mold associations. Yeah, I I I agree. don't disagree really with anything you're saying. I think, uh, I think like a SUV could survive. Uh, I could see that, or a Jeep, maybe like a off-road specific that isn't a truck. You know, mm -hmm. uh, but no, I I see where you're coming from with that, and uh, it does seem to be 
sort of heading in that direction. I could see uh, as perhaps cars get cheaper to make, uh, as just seems to be, you know, the line with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they'll add in more electronics and computation, etc., which will make them go back up again. But uh, I could see that maybe resulting in some sort of creativity boom with cars but i don't know i'm no like car doctor uh so that doesn't sound exactly right to me either who knows it's it's basically one of the reasons for this one of the motivators is of course capitalism it's just how can we make this and guarantee the most success for the least amount of money and that's why you see so few car uh, car colors. You don't see any like risky car colors. It's just this unfortunate thing of, yeah, I'm not going to send out uh, another 10,000 cars that are all just like purple because how many favorite color people purple? Nope, not many. Only 1,700,000. S- I do think, though... And this is not really a point. I feel like I've seen more cars that look specifically like yours. Like, not necessarily that exact car, but similar build to that car that are orange, specifically. And I don't know why that is. Maybe there's just one that's in my neighborhood, and I know you who has one. No, so I'm just biased towards that. But It's a part of the batch thing. Uh, there is a like a, an economic theory behind it. Uh, it's basically whenever the economy is good, people will start producing more variants of colors because the more you can afford, the more likely you are to buy a nicer looking different car. Mm. So basically car companies can ca- uh, charge more. So they'll put out different variants on cars. So since the economy was great, like four years ago, yeah, they started producing more of that. And that's why you see like a batch of cars coming out in the past three years that have a lot more of specifically this orange. This orange is a an orange you'll see a lot more. And also there's like a Nardo Gray is a color you'll see a lot within the past few years. It's a, a very specific kind of gray. It, it looks strange, but I like it. Huh. Yeah, I do feel like I've seen that more recently. Mm hmm. So, like, cars are released in batches, and you'll see specifically, like, if someone does a variation or a color variation that is like, oh, we're going to do this, it's in a batch, and you'll see, oh, look, there's a lot more of that car right now. And one reason you're seeing it a lot in cars that look like mine is because you're seeing a lot of specifically Nissans. Mm, Okay. One thing that I think supports this theory in the cars first really well is the episode of Cars on the Road where we see dinosaurs. Yeah. And they're just straight-up dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And we've seen lots of animals in the main Cars-verse movies, and those just look like normal vehicles. But the dinosaurs look like dinosaurs. What else would they look like? Cars. <laughs> Why would they look like cars? Uh the manufacturer didn't go crazy yet for profits. So, yeah, I think that is a very good evidence of like, this has already been happening 
from either an evolution standpoint or a the manufacturer's will standpoint of things getting more and more similar of like maybe there used to be a lot a lot of different ways for something to be a vehicle and now it's basically plain car boat mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it there are certainly some variants but those are the big three yep i mean what else are you gonna do you got plain car boat you don't need nothing else that's it those are the three great nations until the fire nation attacks fire nation would get their ass whooped I mean, the Fire Nation is tanks, right? They have tanks, but there are sentient tanks already in the Carsverse. No, I meant like... That's oh, they the Fire are their tanks. Okay, yeah. I see, I see. The tanks are Fire Nation. I mean, yeah, and I, I would be willing to give them like, their, their blimps that they get in the later uh, series. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know, steampunk blimp and tanks are not going to do well against the face of what is basically just the modern military (laughs) even if they do have the ability to generate fire (laughs) and very few of them lightning okay but hear me out uh fire fire nation (laughs) I'm going to be real. I still don't understand how the Fire Nation took over in general. Uh, I mean, there was a certain element of surprise to it. The Sosan's Comet powered them up quite a bit, and that allowed them to take the the air temples by surprise. You don't want to get me on Avatar, I'll tell you that much. Uh, So they were able to take out the Air Nation really quickly. Uh, and then it took them 100 years to make a sizable dent in the Earth Kingdom, you know? Like, they don't conquer the Earth Kingdom until the events of the show. Uh, so it does take them a while, and they never conquered the Water Tribes, even if they decimate the Southern Water Tribe, you know? Yeah, but also the Water Tribe, like, there are two Water Tribes, basically, and they're not significant nations, this guy doesn't even remember the swampy water people. I remember the swampy water no, people, I, all I, I two of them. <laughs> no, there was a sizable amount of them. They helped with the invasion. And they. I remember thinking in that episode, because I'm like you, I was like, yeah, there are like 20 of these guys. And in the invasion episodes where they help out, there are like a hundred of them that show up just for the invasion. Like, Boy, what, howdy. what happened? I only remember the two. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, still... A uh, hundred isn't exactly a nation. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I was just uh, being pedantic because I like to. Yeah, fair, and I encourage it. But I mean, they they had basically beaten the southern tribe into submission. They just didn't bother to conquer it because by the time the show had started, it's basically like eight tents and Sokka as the only warrior amongst them. Yeah, but even that's got me confused because, like, why is the Water Nation not so much bigger? I don't know, man. (laughs) They decided to really stick to the poles. But, like... That's the only place where ice is. They like ice and snow. 
one major thing that uh, limits and also encourages uh, size increases in any sort of nation in any sort of world is healthcare. Yeah. And they're the nation that does healthcare. Yeah, they do got them healers. They're the healers. And yet they're like the smallest nation, excluding, of course, the one that no longer exists. Yeah, I mean, the northern tribe is pretty big. Uh, it is one tribe as opposed to like a nation. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, it, I don't know, man. You're right. <laughs> All right. So, convergent evolution, cars, yeah. humans. I've had a discussion before with Izzy, and it basically was, uh, I think that if there are aliens, they're going to probably look like uh, something akin to humanoid. Uh, unless, of course, their planet is like covered in water or something basically where they need to not be somewhat human. Because I think that having arms and fingers and opposable thumbs, big one. And uh, butts, very important because those are great advantages. We can outrun so many creatures simply because we can keep running because of our butts. You ever think about that, Lucas? I can't say that I do. I have uh, done, I've watched many of the YouTube videos that have taught me that uh, humans are endurance pursuit predators that mm -hmm. just never get tired. And that's crazy. You know that we could outrun horses if we were, uh, if we were horses. healthier. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, if, if you and I were to be, uh, uh, let's go primal, I guess. <laughs> we could outrun horses not speed obviously but we could run get up catch up with a horse and then that horse runs again and then we'll just keep running and then we'll run and then we'll run and run and then the horse will literally die of exhaustion and we'll just catch back up to it and i guess eat it is that what our goal was this whole time no uh in this uh primal example since I use the word primal, I have to assume we're just jerks. Oh, and we're just lusted. we're just teasing it till it dies. Okay, it's like every how every uh, Superman versus hypothetical has to have him bloodlusted, or else it will end with he wouldn't fight Goku. They'd be friends. Well, here's the thing: he would fight Goku because they would be friends, and he knows how much Goku likes fighting. Sure. That's fair. I'll, I'll, I, one, I haven't seen much Dragon Ball Z, so I can't really comment on this either way, but I have seen that specific comment about the two of them, and it made me happy. Yeah, they would be friends. Yeah. But Goku loves fighting. It's his entire life. I wouldn't say Superman loves fighting. Yeah, usually he hates yeah, it. Yeah, usually he's directly against it. Mm -hmm. Especially because if he doesn't hold back enough someone dies i bet if he went to an abandoned planet with goku he would enjoy sparring with someone similar to his level exactly which yeah. is why like yeah they would fight but like you wouldn't they they would go as all out as possible but 
I think neither of them would be like going for the kill, you know? So it, you do sometimes need to bloodlust them in these discussions. Yeah, yeah. If they were bloodlusted is a lot more interesting because you have to think like, okay, who is legitimately more capable of killing the other one? Yeah, yeah. Good episode. We're just bouncing all over the place. Yep. All right. John, you know certainly more about Superman than me and certainly more about Goku than me. Bloodlusted who wins? Uh, Superman. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to come up with too many people whose the answer is not Superman, huh? Well, there are a lot more arguments for Goku as of Dragon Ball Super. He gets his new form which isn't even actually a form. He is basically able to, it's ultra instinct. I've heard about this. He doesn't have to think anymore to fight. (laughs) Great. Which is great because he's (laughs) never been one for thinking. Uh, But he's incredibly powerful, uh, is able to fight a a deity in his world. Uh, But the thing is, if you're going max power, Superman has had such a high level of max power that it's, again, not worth arguing because, you know, sneezing holes in reality and all that jazz, spending a thousand years in the sun that charges him to the point where nothing could defeat him. Yeah, he's all star Superman. Every every Superman that goes way too ham. Yeah, they, they beat him because that's Superman comic books are the only thing that can compete with anime when it comes to power scaling too much. Yeah. And Goku, there's a lot to say there of, sure, you could say that ki is magic. It's life energy and not magic, but it also basically is magic. And depending on how you interpret things or translate things, yeah, it's just magic. Mm. But also, a common misconception, Superman is not weak, to magic yeah he's he's just not immune to it he's as vulnerable as the next person yeah and here's the thing superman gets struck by lightning it's not gonna do that much to him he gets struck by magical lightning it's just lightning (laughs) now you gotta give shazam captain marvel some sort of edge on him he has to be vulnerable to shazam lightning that's because it's more powerful than lightning. That's fair. Okay, you're right. It is it's fun. able to trans... Like, it's got the power of what? How do you spell Shazam? Six gods? Yeah. Well... So, yeah. Not... This is just a, a minor problem I have with Shazam. It has the power of five gods and King Solomon. Who's <laughs> just, like, a guy. Yeah, but Solomon's wisdom comes from the Judeo-Christian God. And is legendary, for sure. But like, Yes, he asked for a gift from God. Now and you're, you're he was right, given wisdom, yeah. the okay. wisdom of God. Not right. of a God, but wisdom from God. <laughs> Man, it is so, fun yeah. to hear someone discuss uh, who would win without any sort of dog in the fight. Yeah. Because like... I, I don't think it'll come as too much of a surprise, certainly to John, but to anyone, that sometimes people will do a someone versus the Flash, and they'll say not the Flash, and I'll be like, 
you, it doesn't matter, Lucas, it doesn't matter that they're wrong about this and that the Flash can go 13 million times the speed of light. <laughs> yeah, here's it, it upsets me so much. Uh, man, okay, so love Superman, love yeah. him. He fights the Flash, the Flash wins. That's hey, it. Hey, hell yeah, man. <laughs> love Superman. The Flash wins. And I mean, uh, the, if you the... can just time travel at will, yeah, you win. The only argument to be made is, yeah, Superman will win if the Flash doesn't know they're fighting before <laughs> Superman can end the fight. <laughs> if Superman can punch him through the head before the Flash realizes they're in a fight, then yeah, he'll win. <laughs> But if the Flash realizes they're in a fight, he wins because he's so fast. Yeah, Flash is pretty stupid, powerful, man. Yeah. Uh, and it, of course, comes down to the thing that you will always see in every discussion of any sort of comic book characters of like, how strong are they? Who would win? Someone will say and be correct. Well, it depends on who's writing them and what they need them to do. Yeah. Like, and a lot of the times just popularity. Yeah, like that's the whole thing. Speaking of power scaling, did you see that Batman recently fell from space to Earth with no sort of any equipment and survived? No, but did you see that uh, he got exploded and exploded in a Lazarus pit and is now half devil? Now that's interesting. My thing I think was also, but I would do want to know more about that and we'll probably be Googling it. Hopefully after the episode, but I can't guarantee that it won't be during. Fair enough. Man, Batman is one of those that I I am a DC fan. I'm so tired of Batman. The thing is, I'll still like watch like an episode of Batman the animated series or like see a thing about uh his relationship with the Robins and the rest of the Bat family and be like, man, this is real compelling. And I understand why he's so p- popular and I like him quite a lot. But man, they got 20 different comic books out right now. <laughs> Not an exaggeration. 20 different comics that star him or someone else from the Bat family. And that's yep. quite a lot, man. You could say too many. Yeah. Yeah. You should say too many. All right. That was fun diversion. <laughs> All right. So diversion evolution. Whoa. It's when you uh, grow an extra arm to distract them and it gets thrown over there. Mm-hmm. Great. I see nothing wrong with that statement. Now, convergent evolution is something we've already discussed. Mm-hmm. Do you have any sort of consequences in mind to specifically cars first convergent evolution well think about it in the cars world and then realize that there's going to be strong reasons for and strong reasons against we've seen that like oh in the racing world new faster car comes out bam it's the most popular it's the one all the racers are now that And then, oh, we got the happy-go-lucky, plucky, young upstart. So we're going to make sure that she is in it, and she's good, and everything's good, and yay, cruise. 
but still it's going to be a future where all those cars are the same car. And that's like, okay, so yeah, the sports cars are going to be sports cars and they're going to be the prime example and they're just going to all become samey, samey. And that's that. Sure. Sad. Yes. All right. Now, what about your everyday regular car? What are we thinking with that? Because I'm thinking, even in seeing that that's what has happened in our world is happening in that world makes me think it's going to happen of all the cars are going to eventually look vaguely the same except that there are planes yeah. and boats and trains and oh, I, I about trains earlier i got one real important question to ask you lucas yeah can they reproduce together challenging stuff we've seen a car plane yeah I was looking both. at him on top of my desk. Yeah. Franz? We'll see yep. Franz. Yep. And we what also, do we do with that? And to be fair, and Finn McMissile, as always, is a special case. Mm-hmm. Finn McMissile can do it all. Finn McMissile can fly. Finn McMissile can go underwater. He can go on water. He can be a car. Mm-hmm. That's what's rough to me about this is like you could easily say, oh, well, Finn McMissile has been modified to do all those things. But like, yeah, we live in a world where people can modify themselves to be however they want. And like we see that in action with Finn McMissile for practical reasons, but also like the delinquent road hazards who have modified themselves to look frankly insane. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've seen... Uh, Ramon, who has deeply modified himself. We've seen other example that I had in my head, but I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the like, delinquent road hazards a second time. Yes, we'll do that. <laughs> and like, oh, I was going to go. I remember it. We've, re- we've seen the uh, top speed racers and the salt flats and mm-hmm. cars on the road who do wild, wild modifications to themselves to go faster and faster you could say insane modifications yeah and like practically uh, guarantee death yes (laughs) and of course in the real world there are parallels to all of these things the salt flat the salt flats uh top speed racers are real people who put neon and six spoilers on their car are real like but it just feels different when it becomes instead of like abstract self-expression to very literal self-expression, mm-hmm. you know? Cause like you're e- even if like clothes get more and more utilitarian, people will always express themselves with them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but I think it's an important thing to consider as we continue the conversation. Well, it's, the difference between uh, what you start off as and what you end up as. Yeah. Because like, even if cars become more samey, everything convergently evolves. There's always the, yeah, but then you can just modify yourself later. There are people in this world, Lucas, I don't know if you know this, that have horns. I, I do in fact know that against mm-hmm. my will uh and uh yeah i'm gonna tell you this 
little secret. They didn't used to have horns. It's true. Well, to our knowledge. Uh, but like, I don't know if this is anything, but to me, I'm not sure how these modifications affect like reproduction or affect what gets manufactured like in the world where it's very nebulous how new cars happen like who's to say that you know (laughs) the manufacturer sees there are a lot of tuners and is like oh okay we'll do we'll make a bunch of delinquent road hazards tuners is another common name for them if you haven't heard that Mm -hmm. uh uh, we he sees that there are top speed speed racers and is like, oh well, seems strange, but I guess I could make a few very weirdly long cars. <laughs> and we did discuss in that episode. We don't know for sure that all of those cars are modded cars. Yeah, like what we see put on Mater and what we see these other cars have done to them are very vastly different. Mm-hmm. Like, everything that's done to Mater is attached to him, whereas, like, the entire shape of these cars has changed. So maybe they're built this way. Who knows? And attached to him in a very non-permanent way. Yeah. As we see when it all flies off. It sure does. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe that's it, too, is of you see the manufacturer, okay, Uh, A lot of people are liking this. I don't want people to put themselves at risk doing this, so I'm just going to make more of those. Which Which implies a very beneficent deity. Which it lines up with what we've said the purpose of the manufacturer is in our eyes, is to Mm -hmm. sort of quietly make society work and quietly protect the cars. Mm Mm-hmm. And boy, howdy, you know I love me a story in which there is a confirmed deity who is actually, like, real nice and chill and good. Yeah, there are quite a few stories in which there are is a deity, but they hate them. <laughs> or there are confirmed de- deities and also atheists. And which... even better, confirmed deity it just doesn't care no more. Yeah. Lots of people get disillusioned with their religion, John, and then write books about it. Yeah. And then some people don't get disillusioned with their religion and then write books about that anyway. Yeah. it It's weird. I don't know, man. It's compelling sometimes. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. I would even say. Yeah. I mean, like Brandon Sanderson, as far as I'm aware, still Mormon. And you'll read some Brando of his characters. Brandon Sanderson, a Mormon? Yep. I had no idea. Yeah, and then you'll read some of his characters, and you're just like, wait a minute. This is clearly an extremely intense, deeply personal religious uh, debate within oneself. How did you write this without having this sort of, like, catastrophic uh, coming-to-God moment? And then you're just like, wow, that's some great writing. Yeah, that really sort of recontextualizes the entirety of book three, I always pronounce his name wrong because I Say just Zed. read it. Say Zed. Uh, Crisis of Faith. Mm-hmm. And then the spoiler that happens with him at the end of the book. Which also so great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Hmm. I had hey, no Brando, idea. Brando, if you're listening to this. Which we know you are. So great. Everything it, you're doing, loving it. 
keep Your doing it as a matter of fantastic. Fact. Yeah. I, I'm, you have given no sign of slowing down, so I don't know that you need us to tell you to keep going. But if for any reason at all you've ever thought, like, maybe I should slow down, don't do it on our account. <laughs> don't do it because John and Lucas, you're like, I'm not sure how much they like my books, which, if that's the case, seems strange, especially with John. Like, I'm a recent adopter, but <laughs> with John, he's made it very clear. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Uh, it's just become a major portion of my life. Oh, yeah, man. I want to, I've tried to Google just, let's see, number of books. It's it says at big. least 26, which is insane that they don't know. <laughs> well, uh, as with uh, Tress, his most recent release, uh, he didn't intend on releasing it. He wrote it for his wife. And as with all of his books, it was so good that she was like, well, you you got to release it. Oh, man. Yeah, this is an answer from 2016 is like 25. So. Oh, here yeah. we go. Yeah. 54, someone says. That's too many. Actually, I, may, that sounds slow a down lot. if you want to. I'll say. That sounds right to me just because like he's got so many series like even uh, shoot. Uh, librarians Alcatraz can't remember the actual name of it and I'll admit I have not read those but it's also a little bit too late for me because I do believe those are uh, written for younger people oh yeah I just came across that he wrote writes the co-writes them with James oh no that's not James Patterson Jancy Patterson okay I was about to say if he writes them with James Patterson, that's the two most write a million billion books combination I've ever heard. Then throw in some Stephen King and you got yourself all of the yeah. writing that's been done. You got yourself a stew going, baby. Uh, James Patterson doesn't even write his own books much anymore, but that's fine. He makes sure what those are... books get made. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Right. I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion on James Patterson. I don't know why I'm acting like I do. Uh, he wrote, or I, he or someone writing with his name wrote a series of books about children with wings that I really liked as a teenager. So, who am I to complain? Fair enough. Do we have more to say about uh, evolution? Should cars have wings? Uh, well, I, I asked a question, and I don't know if we got further than well, there is one character. Yeah, you asked that, and then I said some other stuff about self-expression instead. Uh... Mm -hmm. So yeah, all right, let's get as overt as we can. We've got a warning at the beginning of every episode, yeah. so I think it's fair to just go ahead and say it. Well, no, I wanted to be more crass and say, can they fuck? But no, like, are they able to procreate together? I mean... I prefer Franz in my head as being some horrible, horrible scientific experiment gone wrong because of his Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde stick, you know, mm -hmm. shtick, I suppose. Uh, but I mean, I guess I don't see why not. <laughs> I don't know if that's specifically what happened with Franz slash other personality whose name I can't remember. 
but I don't know. Probably. I don't know how any of them would ever do it, and I certainly won't be Googling it because lots of people have tried to make their answer for that. Uh, Succeeded in a lot of cases. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we can say they've succeeded unless Pixar confirms, no, this is actually it. This is actually the right one. Uh, And they're too cowardly to do that. So until then, out of respect for them and their canon, I won't be uh, looking at those those sort of images. Now me, as for me, I'm a researcher at heart, so sure. you know what I gotta do. <laughs> Please don't send us cars porn. Uh, that should be our new tagline, actually. No one, well, no, number one fan faith has sent us cars porn. Uh, I was gonna say no one ever has, but that's not true. No one we don't personally know has. Yes. And let me be clear. Even if you do personally know us, we still don't want it. But there's less we can do about it. Well, there's actually more we can do about it. <laughs> if we you, Don't send us cars, board. We don't need to be qualifying this, actually. <laughs> hey, uh, if you're thinking about sending us cars, board... <laughs> don't and if you're thinking man after this little funny little discussion they did wouldn't it be such a funny joke as like a fan of theirs like they they talked about oh no don't send us cars porn so now as one of their listeners it's my job no that you're overthinking this we genuinely don't want you to do it (laughs) i'd go so as so far as to say uh we want you to not do that. Yes, thank you. That's uh, I, I like the the more active tone in that, John. <laughs> we and want you to try to not do that and also succeed. Six, yes, that's even more important. Uh, and if you're thinking, oh, well, number one fan Faith got a shout out because she sent them cars porn, we will not in any way mention on the podcast that you've done this. So you won't even get the glory. You'll just know that we quietly looked at it, I guess. <laughs> Uh, and never responded to you or acknowledged it in any way. In fact, maybe if we figure this out, only one of us will look at it and then the other one will get a warning. No, I mean, if I if I accidentally look at it, I would probably say, no, it's only fair. You got to look at it too, John. That is fair and balanced. Yeah. But for real, don't send us cards, Uh. Uh... Yeah, they could probably have sex even if they're a plane and a car or a boat and a plane. Uh, maybe that's where aircraft carriers come from. You know what? Probably. Or maybe all the little planes on the aircraft carrier are the aircraft carrier's babies. Mm. I like Hopefully. that. It's pretty dumb, but I like it. It's also very good, is what it is. I mean, there are seaplanes. That's kind of boat plane. It's not really, but it kind of is. Almost kind of, yeah. Duck boats, where they're cars and boats. Cigarette boat, which sure. is just a type of boat that I know of. Yeah, so yeah, they can do it uh, and would make very powerful children. <laughs> or very weak children. But yeah, could be either way. You could be a boat that can't live on the water. But also can't fly, mm-hmm. which is I. I think we've described a car, <laughs> except uh, you it's a convertible. don't have wheels. <laughs> you don't have wheels. You're just a boat that has to be on land. 
So we've described a box. <laughs> a sentient box. Oh, that's no good. Yeah, well, it is what we did. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. The problem is there almost certainly is that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could see them as like a punishment for prisoners taking off all their wheels. Of course, because I mean, that's how we view prisoners as deserving of just torture. Yeah, no, like, man, there's a show out right now, and it makes me so mad every time I see it. And I haven't done any research into it, so maybe they're doing it somehow in a way that is good. But it's about uh, the system in which uh, some governments, state governments, use uh, inmates as firefighters, uh, for specifically for, like, forest fires. I gotta say, I'm not liking where this is going. Yeah, and that is all I know about it. Maybe it is a deep critique of the system, but it sure seems to glorify it from the trailers I keep getting sent to me on YouTube. Now, uh, glorifying firefighting, I'm for. I'm pro that. Now, forced firefighting is i would like to think obviously terrible and to be completely clear i have not done a ton of research on the practice it may be a voluntary thing that they are paid for but even that doesn't feel great does it and when you get down to it uh voluntary in you know the context of prison isn't all that voluntary and also when you consider the fact that they get paid like pennies on the hour for doing manual labor, it's probably not fair and balanced in like the literal sense, not the teasing sense that a lot of people use, including myself. Yeah. 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 Now firefighting is one example of, well, those cars are going to stay firefighting trucks, right? Yes. Because they got to, got to, because the, then the fires wouldn't be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we don't want that. There's a whole movie in this series about how we don't want that. Absolutely. Maybe, okay. Maybe the big specified, like ultra-specific firefighting vehicles and planes from Planes Fire and Rescue are a plane and a fire truck that had a baby. Mm. I like it. Well, we've solved it. We've which solved is, it. That's it. Which, of course, the topic of this episode is how did Blade Ranger, how was he conceived? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to the chat. <laughs> we really do appreciate it. Uh, I'm hesitant to give you our email and Twitter this week after the discussion we had roughly six minutes ago. Uh, but I'll do it anyway, I guess. Uh, our email is thekachat at gmail.com. Uh, our Twitter is the Kachat, uh, at the Kachat. Seriously, if you send us cars porn, we will probably block you. <laughs> this the, this is the not joking part of this. We weren't ever joking about not sending us cars porn, but we were saying it a lot as a joke. Please don't do that. Please. We're like human beings behind this podcast, and we don't want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Now John says it's part of the outro. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, tell anyone and everyone you think might be the least bit interested in this kooky, quirky, strange little podcast, and don't send us cars porn. Remember to float like a Cadillac. And not send us cars porn. Cut <laughs> you.